0: Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10. And I'll be reading from verse 1 down to verse number 15, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10. We will stand as we honor God by the reading of his word, Matthew, chapter 10, and verse number 1. The Bible says, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits, to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness <clears throat> excuse me, and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Cast out devils, freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold, nor silver, nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves. For the workman is worthy of his meat. And into whatsoever city or town he shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when ye come into an house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. For verily I say unto you, It shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Let us pray. Father, Thank you again for your precious word. Thank you for the gift of salvation that we can receive because we have received your word. Dear Lord, I pray that as your word goes forth tonight that you would use it, challenge and to strengthen hearts. And I pray that if there's someone here tonight who does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, that your word would speak to that heart and that one would come to know the joys of sin forgiven. Give me the words you'll have me to say. I pray that you would guide my very thoughts, and that whatever I say tonight will be the words that you will have me to utter. Take full control. Have your divine way. Cleanse me of sin. Empty me of self. And fill me with your precious Holy Spirit, that I may preach what thus saith the Lord. I will be careful to thank you and praise you for what you will do in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. You and I, irrespective of our backgrounds, our nationalities, or economic status or social status, no matter who we are, we all have what's called value systems. Value systems, a value system, places different values on different things. Your value system is going to be different than my value system. For the things that we value, we care for them and we treat them differently than things that we don't value as much. And so, just to sum it up briefly, your value system has in place Some things that we think are valuable or important, and we place them in a particular order of priority. And so, if you were to get your list and my list, they would be very different because our value of different things is as different as you and I are different. Just to give you a simple example in our home, my wife has a value placed on her chair. And you cannot sit in her chair if you have on clothes that you wore outside the house. As a matter of fact, you probably can't even sit in the chair at all without her permission, but that's because her chair is valuable to her and for it to be clean and for it to be her space. For me, my children or anybody in this, or in my house, they are not allowed to eat and drink while using my computer. All right? I have a different value system. And so things are valuable to one person that might be valuable, not be as valuable to another. But here's something that all of us as children of God, we ought to value. And that is the work of God we might have different values on the work of God, but irrespective of who we are as born-again believers, as children of God, who have been saved by the, the blood of Jesus Christ, when it comes to the work of God, we ought to have it high on our value system. You say, Pastor Wayne, why is this so important? You see, my friend, How we value the work of God impacts how we treat the Word of God. And so tonight, very briefly, I want to preach a message as we continue this series entitled, A Ministry to Pattern, entitled, Value the Work of God. Value the Work of God. In Matthew chapter 10, in our text in which we read, you would observe that Jesus after selecting his 12 disciples, he sends them on a mission. And this mission has some specific instructions. And this mission is to go specifically to the Jews, not to the Gentiles, but to the house of Israel to evangelize them, to minister to them, to speak to them that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, And in the Jesus commissioning them for this specific task, he gives them some instructions. And I want us to examine these instructions tonight because I believe in doing so, it demonstrates that Jesus himself placed great value on the work of God. And there is much that we can learn from his example. And so tonight, I want us to take a look from from the perspective of a servant. As a servant of God. As someone who is endeavoring to be used by God. As it relates to valuing the work of God, how ought we to think? How ought we to treat the work of God, indicating and demonstrating that we do in fact value the work of God. What ought to be our mindset? What ought to be our attitude or approach to the work of God to indicate that we truly value the work of God? Now, I want you to notice, first of all, and you can jot this down, understand that we are speaking tonight from the perspective of a servant. And next week, we'll look at another perspective as well. But tonight, think of a person who's serving Think of yourself as a a servant. Notice first of all, we are to be convincing as we speak. Convincing as we speak. Now look at verse number 7. Now after Jesus gave them the specific instruction in verse number 6, you notice to to go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Notice what he says in verse number 7. And as ye go, do what? Preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now he he tells them here to to go and preach. Now he didn't tell them to go and to debate and to get a bunch of different opinions and let's evaluate which one we, we think is the right one. He says to preach. Now to preach is to proclaim. Now notice when Jesus tells them to preach, he says to them to preach, but don't preach your own message. Preach the message that I've given to you. And let me say this. As servants of the living God, we must recognize that we are not preaching or delivering our own message. We are to deliver the message of God himself. And when delivering this message from God, guess what? We are to deliver it with some conviction. We are to deliver it with some confidence. We are to deliver it with some boldness. Why? Because it is the word of God. Now when I look around and when I listen and I, you know we are inundated in our society these days with talk shows listen the talk shows never end i mean they are popping up left right and center i mean some people have made it a hobby i mean to listen and to call in on every talk shows i mean so be it i mean enjoy it as much but listen i bring this up not because i'm condemning talk shows i'm not i mean if this is your way of uh enjoying life and making money whatever it is but people would call in and they are not shy about sharing their opinion I mean, they are telling you with no water in their mouth, as we would say. They are telling you with boldness. They are telling you with conviction. They are telling you with confidence. Listen, and if they can say whatever their opinions are on these talk shows with conviction and confidence and boldness, my friend, if we have a message which we do from God himself, we are to deliver that message and proclaim it with boldness and confidence and conviction. We ought to be confident and convincing as we speak. Notice the message that Jesus gave them to deliver, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Those words themselves indicate that this message is one that ought to be delivered with a sense of urgency. Urgency. If someone is inside a building or people are inside a building and you detect that the building is on fire what sort of urgency would you express in communicating the message imagine you're in a building and you recognize that there's a fire and people's lives are at risk are right, you not going to do hey sir uh, boy, i think a fire i see some a fire No, hey, fire, let's move. Let's get out of here. We got to save ourselves and our lives. My friend, when it comes to the message of the gospel, we are to deliver God's message with some urgency. Amen? So the first aspect of valuing the work of God must be that we recognize that we must be convincing as we speak. But notice secondly, we must confront situations. Now notice Jesus says in verse number eight to them, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Now hear what Jesus, what Jesus was saying to his disciples and all of this links to the fact that what they were about to do and what they would be doing is was valuable. Jesus was saying to them listen as you go forth you're gonna have to confront some difficult situations but you must do so in the power of God. We are inundated in this world with problems, aren't we? It seems like we have more problems than ever before in human history. Maybe it's not the case, but it just seems like problems are everywhere. Physical problems, emotional problems, financial, social, I mean spiritual. No matter what where you turn, they are problems. But here's why this is so linked to valuing the work of God. When we recognize that we, through God's word, and through the power of God, we have the answers to life's problems. My friend, it ought to elevate the value that we place on what we do. People at times call me for counseling. and when I engage in a counseling session, I make no apologies from the very beginning to let people know that the counseling that I'm going to impart to you, what I'm going to tell you is going to come directly from the Word of God. Because this is the answer to life's problems. I make no apology about it. Psalm 119 and verse 105 says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my part. Verse number 128 in the same psalm says, therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right and I hate every false way. My friend, we ought to value what we have in Christ. Value the work of God. Value the word of God. Uh, I I know that the the chefs in the the room tonight in the the sanctuary would identify with this and those who are in the kitchen. I mean, there's nothing better than knowing that you have a a knife in the drawer that is going to get the job done and is going to get it done efficiently. You don't have to worry about whether it's going to work, whether it's too dull. You just get it out and you just Chop, 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 and it's done. Amen? Amen. You're looking at me like, what well, you know about knife and cooking and whatever? I know which knife in the drawer is sharp. And so when I'm asked, bring the knife, I know which one to bring. But my friend, when it comes to the word of God, we ought to know that my friend, this is the answer to life's problems. Amen? And when you know that you have the solution to a problem, listen, you value it. So Jesus speaking to the disciples, he says, listen, as you go out, don't hesitate to confront situations because you're going in the power of the name of the Lord. So confront situations. But here's what else he communicated to them. He says, thirdly, be compelled to sacrifice. Look at verse number eight again. He says, freely ye have received, freely give. Now here's how sacrifice is linked to value. When you value something, you are willing to, to sacrifice for it. You're willing to give up something of lesser value for something of greater value. Now remember we we talked about a value system. See, this is why some people are willing to spend large sums of money on particular items while they will not be willing to spend such a large sum of money, on a different item. Why? Because their value system dictates that. I saw this article on CNN just recently, and it's, it says this, a Mickey Mantle baseball card. Now, Mickey Mantle was a famous ba- baseball player on the New York Yankees back in the 1950s, and of course you probably would have heard about baseball cards and you have the player on that card and uh, normally when the player joins the league they have a rookie card or, or throughout their career they have different cards with their image and stats from their career. But a Mickey Mantle baseball card from 1952 sold for a jaw-dropping 12600000 Hundred thousand dollars early Sunday morning according to a news release from Heritage Auctions shared with CNN the sale makes the card the most valuable sports collectible in the world according to the auction house imagine spending 12.6 million dollars on a baseball card wow You know what that tells me? That the purchaser felt that the card was so valuable, he was willing to part with $12.6 million. Hmm. That sounds like madness to us, doesn't it? It doesn't sound like madness to the purchaser. Because in his value system, the card was worth it. Now, That is why value is linked to sacrifice. Now, when my family and I moved back to Nevis over now seven and a half years ago, it wasn't because I thought when we moved back to Nevis that I was going to be making more money. I mean, I knew that wouldn't be the case. It wasn't because I was tired of the hustle and bustle of the big city. As a matter of fact, I feel like I have seemingly more hustle and bustle now. More busyness at times. It wasn't for those and a variety of different other reasons. It's because prior to to moving, God had given me a, a burden for souls. And, and, and for the work of God and, and in my value system, which, which changed over the years. And listen, God can change your value system. But because my value system changed over the years, and I, I could tell you that it changed because I remember prior to going off to college, my dad uh, was trying to get me to go to uh, Bible school. And I was like, Daddy, no, 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 no. That ain't going to work. I am not going to Bible school. Full-time ministry pastors ain't making no money. That's not for me. And I told him that without any hesitation, I told him that without any conviction that I was saying anything sinful. So, but over the years, God worked on my heart and my value system changed such that giving up a six-figure job, giving up health insurance, giving up whatever benefits would go along with that job and living where we lived and giving up our home there in the U.S. and all the other things, it's just simply that those things in the my value system were now deemed less valuable than building the kingdom and seeing souls won for eternity. And so in moving, it was easy to sacrifice because God had given so much. And as a matter of fact, I'm telling you, I felt indebted and still feel indebted to God to this day because of all that he's done for me. I share that not to pat myself on the shoulder, but I share that to say that when we have a value system that places a high premium on the work of God, we would be willing to sacrifice because the work of God is more valuable than the things that we are sacrificing for it. And so Jesus speaking to these disciples says to them, freely as you have been, you have received, freely give. Valuing the work of God. But notice, fourthly, jot this down. It's very interesting. Jesus says to them in verse number 9 and 10, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor script for your journey nor two coats, neither shoes nor yet staves for the workman is worthy of his meat. Why did Jesus sell this to them? What Was he saying to them that you need to just not plan in advance. You need to not do anything. You need to just go out and just trust me to provide. Well, he was saying to, that, that to them, but what he was really communicating to them is that because what you are doing is valuable and because you are working for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, be confident about your security. That's what he was saying to them. He was saying to them, listen, what you are doing is so valuable. You're being commissioned by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Make no mistake about it. When you do what I've called you to do, your needs are going to be met. When you do what I've called you to do, I got your back. That's what he was saying to them. He says, the workman is worthy of his meat. He was saying to them, what you're doing is so valuable that you're going to receive the value according to what you're doing for me. You are worthy of it. So you don't have to worry. Imagine God saying that his servants are worthy. Well, if you're worthy, you're going to get what's due to you. That's what he says. He says, you don't have to go and uh, bank up and, and, and do all these things. I got you. You're worthy of it. The workman is worthy of his meat. That's what he says. And so when we value the work of God, we recognize that we are ambassadors for Christ you are working for God and you are an ambassador for Christ, guess what? Your excellency. You can carry that title. You are an ambassador for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You ever seen any ambassador leaving here, leaving the country, jumping on a plane, wondering how how the flight is going to get paid for? That's not his business. He's an ambassador for the country. That's their bill to pay. Amen? And so Jesus says to us, as we value the work of God, be confident about your security. But notice finally, this goes right into the final point here tonight. In verses 11 to 14, when you're confident about your security, Because what you're doing for God is so valuable, valuable. cherish your significance. Now look at these verses, and I'll make a few points and we'll be done. Look at verse number 11. He says, and into whatsoever city or town he shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go fence. He says, when you go into a city, understand who you're representing. You're representing the king. So before you go someplace, find out who in there is worthy for you to stay with them. He said, you're not really begging, you know. You are actually going as a representative of me and find out first that you are, they are worthy. You are worthy in their eyes and then you go. What You know what that tells me? God is saying, remember you are valuable. You are significant. Cherish your significance. Now, God in no way was saying that his people are to walk around as if they are hot stuff. We are not to be arrogant. We are not to be prideful but here's the thing he's also saying we are not to walk around as if we are less than either no way no how after all we are representing the king we are not to live above our means trying to keep up with the Joneses I always wonder why they chose the Joneses We are to understand, my friend, that our value goes beyond what we have and what people think we have. We're representing a king. But when we do that, always remember: don't diminish your value. We get too many people representing the king, diminishing their value. don't wear all clothes if you have new ones just to please somebody who thinks new clothes are not good enough for you. We need to change this ministry thing around. I mean, I think we're change- it's changing little by little. We're trying. But you know, back in the day, listen, uh, this is real stuff, real talk. I mean, you would have missionaries who are so afraid of having their support cut off that they got to go and find the oldest clothes in the trunk, the oldest shoes in the box, to put them on to take the picture, so that those who support them say, "Oh, look at those! Oh, poor folks! We need to increase the support." Listen, that's not Bible <laughs> value. Your significance. Amen. And that's one thing my parents taught me. We ain't, listen, we're gonna wear the best we have. We ain't wearing no old stuff just to make somebody impression so that they could, listen, God will take care of us. Just this week, I had to use a teachable moment for my son with regard to this. And I asked his permission that I could use this illustration so that I'm not embarrassing him. And he gave me the permission. Thank you, Micah. Well, he went to school and he had on some sneakers that he got from his uncle. And the sneakers were some Kobe's. And I guess in the eyes of some friend or some classmate, I guess the Kobe's was a sign of status. So it was a sign of money. So he went to school in the Kobe's, and the 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 the, the, the 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 classmate comes. In, oh, pastor got money. <laughs> I don't even know at this Kobe's that he has. <laughs> All I know he has on shoes. <laughs> but pastor got money. And Michael, feeling a need to convince him that the pastor don't have money, says to him it's my uncle sent them for me they're second hand I said boy don't give him all that information he ain't need to know all that that's not his business and by the way they could have been brand new Kobe's he ain't need to know that either that's not his business a pastor's son can wear Kobe? if God bless him with them You don't know people an explanation. Proverbs 10.22 says the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich and it addeth no sorrow with it. We are ambassadors. We are representing the king. We need to finish with this hogwash. Hogwash. You are valuable. Amen. What you do is valuable. Yeah. The doctor gave you an explanation that his son were Kobe's? <laughs> My friend, I'm just simply saying that God blesses his people. Yeah. And when God blesses you, You don't have to apologize for it. It's God who blessed you. You didn't bless yourself. And so understand. Value the work of God. What we are doing is the most important business on planet earth. And we ought to have a heavenly mindset. Listen, we are, we are not here. We are passing through. Yes. We are laying up treasures in heaven. But don't tell me that you're working for God, you're ambassador for Christ and God is not going to take care of you. Amen. God's not going to provide for you. And you are labing, laboring, and you are you are doing God's work, and God, God God can provide you a home, God can't provide you a car, God, you're supposed to be walking everywhere while everybody's driving. How are you gonna get the work done? My friend, as a servant of God, we ought to have humility, but we ought to understand who we are. We are significant, we are valuable in Christ. Not in and of ourselves, but because of the one who we are working for. So Jesus says to them, listen, value yourself. Cherish your significance. Value the work of God. And here's what I recognize and here's what I understand. Why this is so important? When you value the work of God, other people begin to value it. If you devalue it and make it seem as if it is nothing and it's garbage and it's... That's exactly how people are going to treat it. And exactly how people will treat you and treat us. So let's understand that what we do is valuable. People value their positions in society and the various jobs that they have, and no problem. But let's not devalue what we do, because what we do is not just for time, but it's for all. Eternity. Amen? Let's value who we are in Christ and recognize that we are privileged to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.